I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Pet Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a special Tuesday episode. Yesterday was our Pet Care Community and Black Lives Matter Part 1, where we had a really good discussion between Natasha Obanian and Kylie Holloman-Riviera. And today, we wanted to bring Natasha back on to answer some more questions about what all this means for the pet care community and a little bit more about her background and some of her experiences. The, the whole intent behind this is to lift people's voices and for a lot of people to do some listening. And I've talked about it before, but just how that can be some uncomfortable spaces for many of us, I know myself included. This is a time for a lot of learning and in hearing people out. So Natasha, I really want to thank you so much for coming on today and um, and talking about a lot of these topics. It's my pleasure, Colin. Thank you so much. One of the first questions that comes out when with, with this topic is the issue of diversity. And so I was curious if you think that there if there is a diversity issue in the pet care industry. Yeah, totally. Um, it's so it's so great right now that we're having these conversations because we're kind of we're, we're, we're peeling back the layer of the onion, if you will. And I mean, for right now, we're looking for lists and things of finding people in the pet care industry or, you know, finding black owned businesses. And it's actually not that easy Mm. (laughs) to get, to get the list together is actually pretty difficult. So it just kind of shows you that, you know, clicking on a few links, it is pretty difficult to find, you know, your, your local, Black-owned pet care business. So no, the diversity is unfortunately not there. That obviously stems from just years and years of just like, you know, animal culture, dog culture, you know, maybe some Black communities also just being behind far as a luxury in life. And obviously dog ownership is part of that luxury. Um, But we're changing that now. So we're really excited for that. And a follow-up to that question is, as we look to our, our businesses and our workplaces, a lot of people have this question of, how can we ensure that there is diversity of, of all kinds in, in our businesses and where we work? Um, I would say for sure, just what we're talking about now, you know, anytime there is a dominant space in any atmosphere and the invitation is not sent out for everyone to feel included, it's just really opening up those safe spaces. Um, so if, if your intention is to offer inclusive and diverse work environment, when you do go through applicants or when you are looking for different spots to fill in your in your environment, you start to kind of look for who would be best fitted where. And that doesn't always mean race, um, but if you are wanting to give off that image, you want to keep your eyes open versus saying, hey, this is a person who I would say, you know, there's a culture ad, people who we feel more comfortable, quote unquote, with. It's almost like if you had like an urban um, hip hop, let's say, let's just go there. Let's say if you have an urban hip hop uh, group, and you're looking for someone to kind of fit that culture out or fit that image. You know, if you're if you have an applicant that came in with maybe glasses or with his iPad and he's kind of giving off the computer vibe, it's almost like don't judge that book by its cover because you never know what they have to offer to that environment. So I kind of wanted to throw that in there just as it goes both ways. Um, but just far as looking at your culture ads. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting perspective is that that term culture ads. And because what is it adding? It's adding value to your business and to your clients. I would, it's, I just in general, like I worked in the automotive industry for so long and we had a huge diverse showroom floor. 
I mean, mm. any customer that came into our showroom, they would see women, they would see males, they would see young, they would see elder, they would see all races. And that makes your client feel comfortable. Um, we have a lot of Hispanic uh, clients that come in and say, hey, they ask specifically, do you all have someone who speaks Spanish that works here? And we were so proud. We were like, yes, we're going <laughs> to take care of you. We're going to help you out because we have that. And mm -hmm. we didn't see any racism. We didn't see, oh, well, I'm equally qualified to take care of you. Why not? Why can't I take care of you? We didn't right. see that. We said, you know what? You feel comfortable. You want to speak your natural language? Yes, we have that. <laughs> so we were just we were just happy to be able to have that diversity in our showroom floor that we could take care of everybody. So whoever wanted to use our service, whoever wanted to use our business, we had a little bit for everybody. Especially whenever you're you're communicating specific instructions, like for for pet for pet care and and how Fido is supposed to be taken care of. If somebody's more comfortable speaking in a native language, why not provide that for him? Because then you're able to provide better care in the long run. Exactly. I mean, and that's just kind of like, you know, you just want to have it because you never know what client will come across. Even when I think um, clients look online and look at your about us or they look at your staff and they kind of just see one image, that means that you're potentially, you know, kind of shunning away other images that may have considered you or your company. So I really work hard to make sure we have both male and female because, you know, we go through those cycles too with male and female. Like we'll have a lot of male lockers and then we'll have a lot of female lockers. And I'm like, oh shoot, we have only females here. Where's our guys? Right. Then when I start looking at new applicants, I don't necessarily need to not hire a female, but I can hire both. Or I say, you know what, we need to go ahead and make sure we have more males here because there's a lot of dogs that actually do much better with males or females. It's just, it's the same equality all the way around the board. Part of this is also in the workplace providing a supportive or inclusive environment for our employees. How can we do that in and make sure that everybody feels safe and included? I would say, first of all, it has to be their mission. When you are sitting down and creating your business, you're making your mission statement, you need to really dig deep on what that means to you. So your mission statement is going to be your bones of your company. It's going to be the bones of your policies. It's going to be the bones of what you stand for. So if you sit down with yourself and you write out your mission, your mission is also going to follow in your About Us page. Your mission is going to follow into your hiring. Your mission is going to follow into your policies, your service agreements. Um, it's everywhere. I see it on a lot of websites now. I click on, they say, we're a 100% inclusive company. You know, we equally hire. You know, all those threads you have on top of the header. Um, people need to see that. And when you know what you stand for, you don't fall for anything. So if your mission is to provide a diverse, inclusive work environment for both client and staff, when something comes on your plate that was maybe racist or maybe discriminatory, you can't it because it's not part of your mission. Mm. And that's really the end of discussion for that one. You know, it's like, I don't have to explain why this made someone feel. I don't have to explain what part of it was uncomfortable. That unfortunately does not fit in our mission. So we can't support it. Yeah, we, we put so much down in our policies and procedures as far as how to handle keys and late payment policies and bills. It, it just makes sense to, to add that into our mission statement and to include it so that you don't have to worry about it, communicating it ever again. It's just there right in the documents that everybody sees and everybody has access to. For 
for sure. And then when you hire and you have it on your handbooks and you have it in your, your welcome packet, you know, if, and then if someone goes on a social media, for instance, or, you know, they're speaking in a, in a tone that doesn't follow the company's values, that's when you obviously address it. And that's why, you know, a lot of these companies now are, when something does happen, you know, publicly, socially, the first thing they do is roll out their mission statement. You know, mm-hmm. you, you feel like you kind of get this like generic statement from these companies who fire. But the first line I always see is their mission statement. Unfortunately, this person does not follow in with our mission and we need to take care of that. And it really can be as, you know, as, as simple as that. It doesn't have to be so complicated <laughs> just far as, <laughs> as, as, as far as a business standpoint, um, because it's this is what we are. This is what we're not. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. And just like you would do for your keys, just like you would do for, you know, what you believe in as far as taking care of a home or taking care of an animal properly, it, it works too in the same. There may be a question that comes out of this. So I know a question that I had was, okay, what if I'm a solo sitter? What does diversity in the workplace and being inclusive mean whenever I run and operate by myself? Mm-hmm, that's a great question. So I know a lot of solo sitters. And the good thing is when you are a solo sitter or you are like family owned, you do put a lot of your face. So you are the face of the company. Um, and I, what I see right now, a lot of solo sitters are doing is they're pairing with different um, like coffee shops or pairing with different, uh, there's like a dog food truck we have in our community. They're pairing with uh, breweries in our neighborhood. They're pairing with accessory line. So then you start to make yourself look like you are this big brand because you are now a community ad. So although I'm a solo writer, I can connect you to whoever you need. We have this person, that person. So now when I'm seeing your your social media or your Instagram, Fred, you're adding these people, you're tagging them in your community, you're tagging them in your events, you're promoting, you know, you're cross promoting. And then it's like, oh, wow, this is a Lone Ranger, but they're pretty well connected. <laughs> so <laughs> see that. And that's like, oh, people ask me, like, how do they increase their marketing? And I say, increase your community. Because if you can increase your community, they're going to naturally start to refer back to each other. Hmm. And, and that's when you see the beauty. I feel like we just came off of like a build your community crash course with COVID-19 the past yeah. three months in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> keeps coming back to that because it's so simple it's like I literally built my business just on the bare bones of basics it didn't have mm-hmm. to be fancy it didn't have to be crazy it was a literally a, a low to no tech situation but that genuine background that ability to touch feel connect and understand that is what people buy into that's what you can sell because that's the real deal and when someone's looking for someone to take care of their family member their baby that's what I want to know. Show me who you really are so then mm-hmm. I can make an educated decision on where I should go. Because it is it is that being genuine, being open. And like you said, I love that showing who you are. And that comes across in what kind of posts you have, who you're connecting with and who you are also promoting. So through all of this, I, we've, we've been giving some really good advice, but I, I do want to open the conversation up a little bit more and, and ask and ask you if you have ever felt discriminated against as a black woman in America. Black women in America, I 100% have felt discriminated against. It is very hard to be the minority. And anything you're doing when you are like the solo ranger, the one less of, it is very difficult. That means you always have to fight harder. You have to fight wiser. You have to be smarter. You have to be strategic. 
a lot of things are not always forgiven, won't be forgiven for you. You have to be super shitty sharp. You have to bring excellence. You know, there for me, that's just who I am. I love to bring excellence anyway. It just keeps me on like the top of my game. I always want like an environment that's like, keep you on the top, keep you on the top, keep you, keep you relevant, keep you, you know, as sharp as you can be. But as a black business, it's not even an option to not be. And when I have clients that call me, you know, they obviously know that I'm a black owned business. I mean, sometimes that's a good thing because it's half the battle when they see, when they see me on my website and for, for my marketing, I've changed things. Sometimes I'll put me on the website. Sometimes I'll take me off. Um, And so far as like the race conversation, it's nice to be on the website because when people click on my page, they know they're getting a black owned business instantly. They know they're getting a female owned business. Mm -hmm. And at that point it can kind of filter out people who may or may not want that. But of course, if you ask me if I were going to go toe to toe with maybe a Caucasian business owner or myself, I would always have to bring my full resume of attributes before somebody else would. Mm. And that's just how it is. And one of the things you mentioned there was that always having to, you mentioned several times, always having to be on your game. What, what is that like every single day for, for you? Um, I would say it's kind of like you're, com- you're competitive with yourself. Mm. Um. You're, you're always on a microscope a little bit when my staff does something or, you know, or something may happen and I, they, you, the clients kind of come back to me and say, you know, Natasha, I'm not sure. Or I wonder if, and that's happened to me in the past. So that's kind of how I came up with different policies to make sure that our training, everybody did everything the exact same way. That's kind of where that came from. We talked about that before on the old podcast. Mm-hmm. It kind of came from that. I wanted to make sure that no one saw the difference between quality and care you know people really don't like I get a lot of questions right now from sitters and they're like well sometimes people request not to have a black sitter and I say well go deeper figure out is it their quality of work while they're requesting this figure out if they're actually racist (laughs) while they're Mm -hmm. requesting this or figure out if it's something else ask more questions of course we're not always going to instantly say oh this person's a racist I never think that that's never the first thing that ever comes to my mind I love to ask follow-up questions to actually see what it is that makes this person different. So I've created so many policies in my business to make sure that we are so much alike, male or female, race or non-race, that if a client came to me with something off-putting, there's almost not a finger of a doubt that we know which other direction that we should go into. Mm. I'll tell you an example. I had a customer who called me. She was really upset and she said, Natasha, you know, my lockbox is outside of my house. My husband was working from home and he saw this guy come to the back of my porch and go into the lockbox and then come into the house. And I, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's our process. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. He's our, our employee, you know, in our app, they can actually see the faces and the names of our employees that come in. So I'm not following her just yet. So I said, okay, tell me more. And she said, yeah, and he just came in. And then he just start grabbing the leash and the harness and grab the dog. And then and I'm still trying to follow. I said, okay, okay. That sounds like what we do. Tell me more. And she says, and you know, he didn't even look like a dog walker. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, tell me more. And you know, first, you know, as a black woman, I'm like, whoa, what does that mean? But I'm not going to go there with her just yet. I said, okay, tell me more. And she says, I looked on your website and I saw a Tawella and I saw a Chris and I saw an Andre. So she's only naming our black male walkers. 
And so I say, okay. She says, so I don't really know who this guy is or what his deal is. And I said, well, you understand we hire only employees. He is an employee of ours, as you can see in the app, and he's coming to do a job. I said, is that not what you hired us for? She says, yeah, but he doesn't look like a walker. And in my black mind, I'm like, oh, because he's a black man. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> black man? like wait, what part of he doesn't look like a walker is this? But of hmm. course, I don't go there because I am a professional. And I said, well, did he identify himself? Did he have his company clothes on? She said, I think he may have had like the hat on or something, but I don't really know. And I said, okay, well, would, would it make you feel more comfortable if all of our walkers always wore our polo shirt? You know, I can understand. I just went with her. I said, I understand how maybe if they didn't have our polo shirt on, it could be confusing if someone's at the lockbox. I get that. Mm -hmm. And she saw where we both were going together and she didn't want to sound like the person I thought she was becoming. So she agreed. She just said, you know what? Yeah, um, I think that would make me feel better. But even after that, like she was on eggshells and I told her, I said, listen, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I don't want you to be on eggshells. This is your home, your environment. I want to make sure that we come to a consensus that we both feel comfortable. And she said, no, I think that'll be fine. And I'll make sure I look at my app next time and see, you know, the face of who's going to come in. Because I was like, well, you know, we're full transparency. You can see him on the app. And she says, oh, I guess I didn't realize, you know, I didn't look at the app. I thought it was going to be one of the other girls. Mm -hmm. So I said, and I asked her again, I said, well, is it a male or a female that doesn't make you feel comfortable? She says, no, you guys could send other males because I've sent another white guy before. And she says, no, we've had Ethan and, you know, other, like other or, or staff. And I said, okay. I said, all right, well, let's touch base in a week and just make sure everything is going well. Um, and let, let's just follow up. And we ended the conversation, but it made me feel very uncomfortable. But at the same time, I wanted to do more research, ask more questions to make sure we're still taking care of our customer, but she's mm -hmm. not going against our moral principles. What, how do you handle conversations like that with your employees and convey that information to them so that they still feel comfortable serving those kind of clients? Well, if I don't have to tell them that a client was unsure, then I won't. You know, those are the way we run our business is that we have the back of the house who is trained in kind of, you know, customer relations, customer response, customer retention. So they have that experience. So I don't necessarily need to bring my walkers into every backstory. You know, that's just one of many, but you know, if I, if I were to sit down with them and say, this is another backstory that happened and this is another backstory, you know, they'd be like, oh goodness sakes. <laughs> and they hear a lot of it anyways. And they, they tell me all the time, oh, I don't know how you do what you do. I don't know how you do what you do, <laughs> but we do believe in like a single hat system. So we really, you know, we know how dangerous it could be for a walker to feel stressed or uncomfortable. You know, we understand that I could potentially put a dog's life in jeopardy if they don't if they don't feel at their best. Mm -hmm. So as much as we can keep our community culture within our staff employee relationship uplifting, we will. That safety, and I know you touched on that on, on yesterday's episode too, as far as how to keep your, your, your walkers and your sitters safe, especially during times like right now where tensions are just so high. Uh, so I encourage people to go back and listen to that one for, for the discussion that you had with Kylie as far as safety and, and dog walking right now. For sure. I mean, again, just, you know, it's really for the pet sitters, um, especially coming at night, you know, with this racial profiling going on right now, could you imagine if maybe a black male came to your neighbor's house at night and they really weren't sure and they called the police? Could you imagine how that could go really sideways really quickly. 
Um, so just kind of getting your full community on board, which is saying, hey, you know, there's no weird suspicious activity going on in my doorstep, you know, 4429, that's a safe door. <laughs> don't, call, <laughs> don't call the police on that door. Um, and again, and even just give your clients, I mean, give your neighbors your cell phone number. Hey, if you do see something suspicious or you feel something is off, call me first, because then the client can actually diffuse half of it. And again, clients get things that go on too. They get, oh, we saw you. I had a client who said, uh, she refer, oh, she wanted to refer us to her neighbor. And she said, oh, well, I saw your walker with um, the dog. I don't know if she loved a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, what? Mind you, my client, like she loves us. And she's like, she's a racist. You know, she just called me instantly and told me this. She warned me. She said, listen, if you see this neighbor, just make sure the walker stays away. It was one of those mm. phone calls. But she said she didn't feel comfortable how her neighbor said that she didn't feel that the walker loved the dog when the client's home every single day and she sees the interaction. She sees the dog running to the door. Can't wait to get out and leave her. But she kind of wanted to give me a flag to say like, you know, watch out for this neighbor. You know, they could be one of, you know, you know, something to watch out for. Gosh, yeah. that And that that's one on encouraging that kind of openness and communication with your clients that they feel comfortable to tell you those kind of things and that you let them know ahead of time please let us know of anything going on or if how we can help you and continue to serve you. Definitely. I mean, it's just the open communication. Yeah. We know that stuff is going to happen or stuff, something's going to be out of our control, but as much as you can be ahead and maybe being a black owned business that I know these things because I have to always be prepared. We don't want to be reactive. We want to be mm -hmm. proactive. So anything I can think of or something that could potentially go down, that's how you create your business. Let's cancel all the potentials and let's put a policy in place. Let's not guess. Let's not assume or say, oh, well, it's never happened before. Well, you don't want it to happen before. You want to <laughs> say, hey, if it were to happen, this is our game plan. This is our rule book. And this is how we take care of things. Mm -hmm. You never mm -hmm. want to wait until something happens. Just being merely reactive to situations does not put you as a business or personally in a good place. No, because right now, what if you saw one of your employees, you know, saying something that you don't believe in or doing something that you don't like or what your company would stand for, but everybody else in that community know they work for you. Like, how would you handle that situation? What would you do? And if you don't have, you know, your mission on what you stand for, that could put you and your reputation at a very risky place. Right. And, and, and on that, a big discussion that's going on right now is how do I address or handle this issue of, of the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States? How do I handle that as a business? And with my community and my employees, and, and how do I walk that line between personal beliefs and what I project and put out as a business? So as a business, you want to create a statement. I know we've said before, Melanie, she had already written a statement for everybody. She's a Black-owned business. She's also a pet sitter. So that was a perfect statement that she wrote because she touched on all bases that our company does not believe in hate, race anything discriminative it doesn't matter what is going on whatever the news line is or whatever we're following this statement is going to cover us it's going to cover all those topics so as a business this is what we stand for this is what we don't stand for we make sure that we are united we are diverse and we have everybody's included that's like your baseline your personal beliefs if you want to put those on social media there you go yay or nay however you feel you need to that's up to you nobody can tell you what to do personally 
But as a business, I would say as a rule of thumb, you want to make sure your personal beliefs line up with your business beliefs because you're the owner. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure that someone's not had that situation just happened to me that the owner put out this great statement and all saying that they were inclusive and this was not going to happen in their company and voices were going to be heard. But in their private life, it was a totally different situation. So that was obviously, you know, addressed. Mm. Um, I would say in general, we, it's, it's just in general, silence is not helpful. It's great that we're having this conversation because we're opening up, we're opening the tables. Um, there's a lot of pet sitters right now that are opening pet sitters for black lives as just a space that even I, it may be a pop-up group or a full-time group, but it's a space that we can have the conversations, the people who want to have the conversation. So it's, it's a niche group, which is great. Because if you don't want to have the conversation, obviously this is not the, the subject title line of the group you should probably be in. Right. Um, but this is where you can learn and you can educate and you can understand because these are people who want to see change. They want to see something different and they want their communities to be united. Again, we're prepping what our grandparents and before did for us. We're prepping the future for our future children. That's why this is important. And, and to that, unfortunately, I, I do hear a common statement of, but this has nothing to do with my pet care business or pet care in general. So what other than the writers that are in the area? So what kind of response do you have for people who, who have that sentiment? Well, I would say the protesters and the rioters are totally different. They're not even two of the same. There's people who peacefully protest. And then there's obviously the bad people who come out and have their own initiative. That happens on any platform or any agenda. There's always the bad guys that come out and want to, you know, pour paint on everything. So those are two different things, but it absolutely has something to do with your business because you are living in a world where there is diverse members. What are you going to do if you have a Hispanic client that calls you? What are you going to do if you have, you know, someone of the LBGTQ community that calls you? What are you going to do if you have someone in the African-American community that calls you? How do you service these people? How do you take care of their homes if you don't know their culture? Even cleanliness is something that I actually had to break down in a policy. I've said, listen, Cleanliness is not always universal. The way that your parents taught you how to clean your house may not be the expectations how other cultures or families want the same. So mm. there is just like a baseline overall of making sure everyone is on the same page. Right. It's a respecting all people because all people are around us and exactly. being and being a good citizen and, and loving our neighbor and taking care of them, whether it's through dog walking or waving to somebody on the street, that's just part of living in this amazingly diverse society that we have. Mm -hmm. and, and that's basically the main thing is like, you can't say that this has nothing to do with your business because your clients are coming from all walks of life. Right. So if you are not saying that you have to say, hey, race, 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 race is on everything we do in our policy. None of my policies has anything to do with race. But what it does not say is that we're not inclusive. What it does not say is that we deal with people who discriminate. So when clients step on our platform and they see what we're about, it's crystal clear. And if you're someone who is unsure how to handle these topics or unsure what to do next, you could potentially be putting yourself in a very vulnerable situation because you could do something or say something that could offend someone without even knowing it. And what would that do to your business? What would that do to your reputation? They're going to blast you. So why yeah. put yourself out to be so vulnerable? Taking that time to, to think, reflect, learn, and then, and then act at the end is putting those policies into place. And it sounds so basic, but it, it's still 
so hard to to get through of when we accept that diversity. And as you mentioned, like the policies don't have to say race on everything. It's the diversity across all walks of all areas. And race is a part of that. And when we say that that's okay, and we include that in our diversity statements, like that just makes everything better. Yeah, and you're letting your clients know that you're not one of the pers- you're not one of the companies that's going to turn a cheek. You know, if you see something, you're going to say something. If you see something, you're going to do something. It's just like if you saw someone abusing someone in the street, or if you saw someone doing something that you know and your heart is not right, you wouldn't want that to be done to your family member, your friends, your staff, your employees. You're right. going to do something. So how do you think a client would feel knowing that you are one of those people who wouldn't do anything that would turn a cheek? So you know what? This doesn't pertain to me. So go at it. Nobody would want to support that on any level. So it's just kind of understanding. I had a um, pet sitter ask me, she says, you know, Natasha, I'm hiring, you know, black women, um, black males. I'm just a white female. You know, sometimes I think some of my concerns might come off like tone deaf. Or I think they might come off insincere. Like, how do I talk to them? How do I kind of handle topics? Or even, you know, reprimanding someone. They said, I don't want them to feel excluded or that I'm attacking them because they're Black or or what have you. And I said, yeah, that all comes down to, like, the beginning of your culture. When you Mm -hmm. first hire, make it clear on what the description of the job is. Make it clear on what's expected. Make it clear on the hours they're signing up for, the days of the week they're signing up for, the weekends, the holidays. Make it very clear because if something did happen, no matter what the race, all you're doing is going back and pointing to where you had that staff member sign to where this doesn't line up to what we agreed on. Just a contract, right? Essentially. Hey, remember that ad that we talked about? <laughs> remember <laughs> that, employee, that employee agreement that we talked about? what you're requesting of me right now is not part of that agreement. So you kind of just, you're referencing back to your outlook. I mean, your, your game plan, your handbook, your policies. So it's not, nobody wants to be treated like a token or nobody wants to be treated like something different. Right. This whole black lives matter is literally about being treated the same, being treated equal. So if you're going to reprimand this person, this is such reprimand me the same way. If you're going to call me out, call them out too. We just want to be equal. And that's just how you manage your team. And those thoughts of, my goodness, like how do I approach this topic? And and as white business owners, not wanting, coming across as not wanting to to offend or to to make it seem like it's a race issue, you know, you, you, you're, you're cutting that whole thing out and going, having consistent policies and, and procedures in place that are fair and inclusive of everybody gets rid of that problem entirely as if you're sticking to them and being consistent. And then you also just tell your staff in particular, like, you know, if, 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 for instance, if someone said, Hey, listen, this, you know, is a predominantly white neighborhood. I don't feel comfortable as an African-American male going in, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, it may be up putting to some people and I don't want to risk my life. You know, those are very valid concerns from Mm -hmm. an African-American pet sitter. And all you need to do is say, you know what, I'm hearing you. I'm listening to you. It makes it makes perfect sense of why you would feel that way. Let's sit down and come up with solutions that I can then take to my client and take to all clients so we can make sure you feel safe, protected, and you can equally do your job as anyone else could do their job. It's just, it's taking, it's taking nurture on anyone that brings a concern to you. How would you feel if you came to your boss, your employer, and, and, and list out your concerns, and they were like, oh, you're just, you're being a whiny pants. 
or the Me Too movement. If someone say, hey, I was sexually assaulted in the workplace and you're and you didn't write it up, you didn't address it. You just said, oh, you know, it's a male, male environment. You know, it's a doggy dog environment. <laughs> you know, oh how would you feel if someone just kind of shoved it off and was like, well, you know what it is, you know? Right. Okay. I just won't put you in that. I won't just put you in that neighborhood anymore. Then fine. You've got to yeah. take everybody that you deal with at a certain respect. And they have to feel safe because once they do, they say, listen, this company is amazing. They start telling their friends. And you know what? If I have black, I'm a black person. If I have other black friends, I'm going to say, look, you guys should probably work for Collins business because they do well by their team. They take care of us. They understand us. I feel so safe. And you tell them what you're doing. Hey, I heard your concerns. I've talked to the client about this. I'm making sure, you know, you have your uniform available. I'm making sure you have, you know, it's bumper stickers on your car. I'm making sure their house is well lit. I'm making sure the neighbors know. So if you see such and such neighbor, you can even say the name, like I'm extra. So I'll say, listen, neighbor two named Colin, neighbor three is Megan across the street, <laughs> is Bob, you know? So then when they get there, they can say, oh, hey, Bob, how you doing? And so then we can start to become really friendly with the neighborhood. When you create that culture within your business and how you do things, you see the profits flourish. Because now it's like, oh yeah, no, they, they're lovely. They come in, they take care of us. Dogs are happy, they speak. It's just very pleasant. And people always remember how you treat them. And not discounting those feelings that you mentioned. You know, I, I may not, as a, as a white male, understand the feeling of what it fear of, of going into a strange neighborhood at night at 10 o'clock. But if somebody came to me and said that they were afraid, that I, I may not be able to directly relate to that. But when someone's telling you, a feeling that they have, as you mentioned, respecting them as a person enough to legitimize that and say, okay, I hear you. Let's do something about that. Because you know, I don't have to be able, I'm, I'm never going to be able to relate to feelings that everybody has in the world, but respecting them at the human level and going, I see you, I hear you as a person. Let's try and make this better at, in, a, in a comedy that as much as I would the next person, if they're afraid of something, or maybe they don't like walking large dogs. Okay, well, we can, I can handle that. We can deal with that. Why not do it for this? Like that's just part of, of helping and, and, and being uh, a, a loving person. And that's really what it comes down to. Like all lives matter is definitely the theory of America. All lives matter. But when black lives are not created equally or treated equally, that's when you separate and say, listen, we need to talk about black lives right now because they're not created equal to all lives right now. It's just, if, if your spouse or anyone you're in a relationship with brought something to you, you know, we go through these, these spats with our spouses and they say something and we're like, what are you talking about? That has not even happened. Like you're, you're dreaming, you know, we can laugh at this because we're married yeah. and we have no idea what our spouse is talking about. Zero. Or anyone, mm -hmm. a, a best friend or a parent, you know, anyone that brings something to our attention, we, it may not click initially. But because we love and respect that person, it's our job to say, listen, I might not totally get what it is to be you or, 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 or see what it is to be you. But the fact that you're just bringing this to my attention, that's why we need to have a conversation. That's why we need to talk. Yeah. And I may never get it. You know? <laughs> I may never know why my husband wants to watch football all the time. I may never know. I'm like, listen, create a new business. And he's like, now watch a football. Okay, I may never get it, you know? Just, <laughs> just giving something lighthearted to the topic. <laughs> but just because this person that I care about said that this was something important to me, I have to stop, understand, and make it make sense for everybody. That is right. how you 
are part of a relationship, an environment, a situation, a society, a community. That's what it's about. And the, the key word you said there, this, this person I care about brought this concern to me. Do we, are we showing through our actions, through our policies, through our business structure, through, through our advocacy, are we showing that we are caring about the people around us enough to sit and listen to their fears and concerns? And that's all it is. That's genuinely mm. all it is. Mm. Mm. And the more we all do it every day, the more we stop being silent and turning a cheek and, you know, listening to some of the racist comments in the backyard and letting, you know, because it goes in all communities. They, everybody has like a smirky comment. It's not just, you know, this or that. It's everybody. But we shut it down and we say, listen, that's not going to happen here. That's unacceptable. We don't stand for that. As long as we continue to do that, it's going to go away. And then we won't have Black Lives Matter anymore. Then we won't have, we'll have less topics of hate overall, because as a unit, we're all taking care of it. Thinking through this past week and maybe some of the reactions that you have seen or heard and been involved in, I was wondering what kind of lessons we can take away maybe from uh, a, a business or maybe a personal lesson uh, moving forward? I think for me, my personal lesson is grace. People are going to come at you for different things, all walks of lies, for all t- different types of reasons, personal and business. And no matter what, no one gets to take away who you are. Nobody gets to take away that peace, that sanity, that love, that forgiveness that you have in your heart. So whether you get through to someone or you don't get through to them, always treat them with love, respect, always be graceful, always take the high road. Because at the end of the day, when we go to bed at night, we know that we did our job and nobody can take that from you. Josh, I love that so much. Um, Thinking about the pet sitting community, how can we as pet sitters across the country be agents of change and and help the, the movement? Oh, goodness. What's happening right now? There's all these pop-up groups that are happening right now and just starting the conversation. Starting the conversation means bringing in an invitation. It's like going to a birthday party and everybody's at the birthday party except you. You're like, whoa, everyone's talking about this. Everybody's, you know, enjoying this new event, but I'm not invited. So that's kind of what it is for the dominance of the pet care industry. It has been predominantly white for years. It's just the way it's been. So open in the conversation when, when black people see that, Hey, this is a group for black pet sitters, or this is a group to talk about your concerns. More people are going to come out the woodwork and say, Oh, wow, this, this, this community loves me. They care about my thoughts. This is something that I want to invest in as well. But when nobody talks about it or, you know, they don't, you know, like for instance, going into someone's house at night, if someone didn't talk about this to maybe a black person who've never been in the pet care industry and let them know, no, you're safe. It's okay. You'll be fine. We have, we have systems in place to protect you. If no one ever talked about it, of course, they're going to say, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to do that job. It's just a little bit too risky for me. And I'd rather live than, you know, love on a pet at that time of night. You know, mm. it's open in those conversations to say, no, this is okay. We, we got you. We've already thought about this for you. We've talked about it as a community. We've talked about it as an industry. And we got it. We've created a new standard now. When people are thinking of starting that conversation, bringing that invitation and inviting more people to the table, what kind of resources should they be checking out, reading, listening to, watching? There are so many resources. We um, did a lot of the links in our last podcast. Mm -hmm. But I think even like, I mean, let's just be real. And I'm the realest person you'll probably ever meet. People don't (laughs) even have time to do research for their own business you know, their own field members sometimes, let alone a new topic. Don't expect anyone to just sit down and like look look at all these books and movies. I don't expect that. People hardly can do it for themselves. 
But just having a quick conversation, my messenger has been blowing up. Everyone says, hey, I just heard about you. I want to get to know you. I want to have a conversation. I'm like, that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, they just went out of their way to just say, hey, how are you doing? A lot of them, you know, I was attacked in one of the groups just by wanting to make a pet care list, but I didn't even care about the attack. It was the love that followed. Right. But people said, don't worry about that. How you doing? How you feeling? What's your thoughts about all this? And I'm like, well, thanks. Nobody ever asked me that. That'd be nice. Hmm. So just keeping the conversation healthy. Um, the groups are great because obviously Facebook groups is somewhere where we can, you know, you know, let our, let our guard down a little bit, talk openly, freely. When the right thought leaders are leading the conversation, it can be very healthy, very safe. Uh, when we're not being dismissive. You're going to get a lot done that way. Yeah, and I'll I'll include a link to uh, your Facebook group uh, uh, where people can go and join and continue that conversation because, as you mentioned, there are t- so many resources out there and, and we, <laughs> procrastination is a thing. And even though we are well-intentioned, we don't get to all of them. And so I, lo- I love that of talk to somebody, start, yeah. just, just start and go from there. And, and as simple as, hey, are you doing okay? How are you right now? How can I help? Like that's, like that is, is, is really a, a, a wonderful first step. Yeah, you're going to get the most raw answer in a real human conversation, just as you, as if you would do with any other topic. <laughs> I, try to, I try to bring it back to people to let them know, because I think a lot is just the unknown. You know, I think when cultures don't blend enough, it's like, oh, well, what do they do? Oh, that's weird. I don't, I don't do that. That's kind of strange to me. You know, we start to put the weird, the strange, the, the different titles on things but it's just not the way you're used to it but if you were blended more it'd be the new norm right i love the blend the blend is amazing because it helps us just it, it really starts to put a lot of tools in your toolbox that you can use because you understand you've seen these things to have an open conversation with someone right well yeah i mean you could spend the next 14 years doing a, a doctoral dis- dissertation on the subject matter and then know everything about it but have never talked to somebody right that exactly. that you could learn as much as you want to in the world but never talk to a human being and never connected and i don't think that that would have done any good yeah it's just like when you go to different cultures and you travel people want you know the hotel luxury experience or you want you know the in the roots experience i know so many friends who said no i really want to go into the culture i really want to eat the food and see the people and see how it's really done it's a different experience than going to an americanized hotel and staying on a resort the whole time it's just a different experience <laughs> no that's i love that analogy because it's so true and and you definitely know there are certain travelers that prefer one over the other and that's just the experience that they're trying to get out of it well natasha i i do want to thank you from the bottom of both megan's and my heart for coming on today and addressing some of these, these, these hard topics and during these high tension times. Uh, if people do want to connect and follow up with questions of their own or reach out to you, uh, how best can they do that? They can reach me on my business page, Instagram, I love Renzo.ruby. That is my Instagram. Or you can meet me on my website, Start Scale Sale, which is my business mentorship, StartScaleSale.com. Thank you for this conversation today, Natasha. Thank you so much for being a thought leader. That really means so much to everybody. Start the conversation today so we can make the pet sitting community and our world a much better place for everybody. Join Natasha's Facebook group, Dog Walker Society, and I'll have a link for that in the show notes and on our website too. Until next time.